Please listen to the following announcements concerning the renumbering of 2021 and 2022 podcasts. This episode was originally published in February of 2022, but it is now being reassigned to June 2022. While listening, please disregard all references to dates. The material itself is still very relevant. Going forward all the earlier issues will be reassigned to the year 2022. In 2023, the format will start with January being issue number one of volume two and each year will only have 10 issues. July and August will be planning and study months. I believe this make this podcast stronger and easier to follow. Your host. Following clearly across the miles. WWJTL. Well, welcome back for another session with the Mountaintop with Jesus podcast. I'm glad you're with us today and uh, this is your host. And we're going to talk about how much is enough. We started this in January. We're going to complete it in February. But before we get started, let's thank the Lord and intercede in prayer. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for being with us and guiding us. Thank you for giving us the assurance that you are with us to the ends of the earth. Thank you for the Holy Spirit, which communicates your wishes and your will to us. And thank you for the instruction that you give us as a loving father to your children to prepare for difficult times. I thank you, Lord, for being our Savior. No other way could we communicate to the Father through our sins except that you died upon the cross for our salvation. And I praise you for that, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. From the mountaintop, From the material that we've been developing with the Lord's help through November, December, and January, we can now develop some lists which will even more help us to organize an approach for the provision of materials during an emergency. The first item that I want to talk about is to help you prioritize whom is coming. I want to go back to that a second. I want you to take the material that you used in the probability section of our past lessons, looking at the probability of whether people are are going to make it to your location or whether they're not. And I want you to list them from top to bottom. Now, we could say, well, we're going to put Joe on the top and we're going to put Ann on the bottom. And we're not doing this because we like Joe. We don't like Ann or Ann. We're doing this because we need to look at in concrete terms and figure out who are the most likely individuals to show up to our location and need the supplies that we have put away. So list those people, list them uh, from most probable to get there to the, well, I don't know if they're going to make it. In fact, I don't think they are at the bottom. And when you have that list, Now you're going to be able to look at some additional things. The first thing we're going to look at is what are the foods needed for these individuals? 
And we're going to start with their specific needs like allergies and uh, maybe a special type of cheese or something. Again, please do not confuse these with just something they like. I mean, we all have to eat sometimes something we don't like, okay? But look at the specific medical or really strong needs that a person has that's on the top and work your way down that list, okay, to the bottom so that you're purchasing those foods that you can for those individuals first. Now for your next list, this really needs to be separate, okay? Keep a track of those things that individuals are bringing. Maybe they've committed to bringing something. You need to list those so that you'll know that if you get to their name, they're bringing that. Secondarily to that list, you need to keep track of those things that people are, or I'm sorry, have or are sending to you or monetary contributions that they've made for the completion of this plan. That has to be kept separate. Again, that's their responsibility. And you're only looking at developing a list which helps you complete your responsibility either to the group or to the whole structure that you have right now if you don't have a group. This probably won't be needed so much if you're looking at the group as a small group, like a family or something like that, but it would be needed for other reasons. I don't, I think it's still a good idea to do it, even if it's a family and your brother and sister-in-laws and fourth cousins on the eighth side bringing something. So I think you should always keep track of uh, these things separately. The third and final list that we're going to talk about in this item is your budget. Your budget for your prep items. Now, what happens is everybody encourages you to pick up things on a a shopping trip, you know, an extra can of this, an extra can of that. Well, we want this budget to be something you can look at and feel comfortable with. I set $25 away for my preps for this month and $25 is what I'm going to spend. But how do you track that if, in fact, you went to the grocery store and you got an extra can of beans and you put it in your pantry and you didn't mark it down anywhere at the end of the month? You go, well, how much did I really spend on beans? Well, I suppose you could look in your pantry and go, well, I got an extra can of beans in there, but that's going to get really complicated and really messy really soon. So I would advise you, if you do spend some money for prep items, that you go review your receipt and pull out those items and list them separately. Add them up so that at the end of the month you can say, well, it may be in the pantry, but I know I spent $15 out of $15 on budget items. I'm right on schedule. I'm right on target. I didn't take anything 
from the family. I didn't lose the fact that I'd spent it on budget by not tracking it. And here it is, it's separated, and I know where I'm at in my budgeting process. We don't want to go off willy-nilly. That creates panic and fear. And I guarantee you, you'll have overlaps and gaps. And so you don't really want to do that if you can avoid it. And I think with the Lord's help and with a little practice, you will avoid it. Next item, I mentioned this, and I mentioned it in connection with where the materials are going to be, but I need to mention it here again in this budgeting list. If anyone sends you items and they send you or you have a way of knowing the budget amount, list that separately from your own budget. Anything that comes in because people have sent it in, i.e. in items or in monetary assistance, must be kept separate from your own budget. If you do not do that, one, you're going to have a lot of problems with people, but two, you're not going to know what how closely you have spent your own budget in this situation. And it's really, really important uh, for your peace of mind and for the groups, even if it's small, like family, peace of mind, if they can see things separated out. So keep those separate also. The next unit we're going to is develop an inventory mechanism. It's obviously important that you track the items that you have. Check in on Prepping 2.0 with Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher, and they have a whole show on different ways that you can track inventory automatically. But I like Excel. And so if we use Excel for a sheet then I have recommendations for the way you would organize this. And if you'd like to get a copy of my Excel sheet, go to mountaintopwithjesus.com. And under notes of interest, you can find a Excel spreadsheet with my inventory on it. And if you'd like to use it, use it. If you'd like to modify it, modify it and go from there. It's free. So across the top of your inventory, these are the ways that I would mark the columns that are on that inventory sheet. Loose, like potatoes. Is it gathered in bags, put bags, canned? Whatever method was used for preserving the food, dehydrated. List that so that you can keep those separate. You may have green beans that are dehydrated. You may have green beans that are freeze-dried, and you may have green beans that are canned. Don't add them all together. There's a number of reasons for this, but the best thing is not to add them together. The buy date, when did you buy it? Now, I use the buy date because things like cans will last a long time, and by the buy date, I can decide how long I want to let them go. I have a very, very climate controlled and dark environment for the food. 
And so I can be pretty assured they're going to last a long time past what the expiration date is. So if I use the buy date, then I can make some judgments on that. The next thing is the type of food. Is it vegetable? Is it fruit? Is it bean? Is it rice? Uh, is it beverage? Is it meat? Is it dairy? These kinds of things. What's uh, the type of food that you're listing in this column? Next item is item container. Is it a bag? Is it a box? Is it a bottle? Is it a can? Is it a carton? Is it a pail? Or is it loose, like we said, where you've got potatoes and they're just in a bin? The next item is calories in the container. If you know how many calories is in a container, and most of the time it's printed on the side, I don't think it's printed on potatoes yet, but you can look that up. But you can look up the calories in the container and write that down and then multiply the calories in the container times the number of containers, which is your next column, number of containers that you have. And you come up with the total number of calories. Now, again, don't add all the green beans together because there may be different ways that they were stored. And it's nice to know if you have your total with just that type of storage method. On mine, I have some expiration dates. But again, this is an older one in which I didn't use this. But you may want to put your expiration dates in there. It might be helpful to you. Your total need for this item. This is what we call the par value in retailing. How many do you want on hand? How, what's your goal? No, let's go back to our list. Our list say I need uh, 54 cans of green beans. I only have 25. Well, my goal is 54 and I have, shoot, now you're going to make me do the math, 29 to get the green beans up to, uh, up to the par that I wanted. How many, and this is designed on the calories that I want uh, to make sure I have in green beans. And the next item is the cost of the current item, each item. Well, a jar of peanut butter costs me $4. I know this is going to be tough, and you're going to say, holy cow, the way the prices are going up, I just, I don't know what I can do. Just add 20%. You know, it's better. Let me tell you why, okay? Because the cost of each item that you have in there, uh, now stocked, is you know, what you've put into the project so far. And these are based upon your purchase prices. Now, it could be cost per container, just whatever you used, cost of a bag, then use bag amount. If you used a box, use boxed amount. If there are 12 packages of macaroni in a case, you could use case. I'd rather count the number of package. I think it's a much finer way of keeping track of how much I have. Now, you take, for the next one, you take the number of items that you do have and you subtract the items that 
you have already purchased. And this gives you a projection of the number of items that you still need. Then you take that cost of those items that you still need and you multiply it times. And here's where we get into the adding the 20%. You multiply it times the figure you gave it back in the cost. That's why I said add that. Or you could keep your cost in a current column and actually add or put in the items as you purchased them and then create a new column, which is what you project the cost will be. And in that column, add the 20, 30, 50%, whichever you want. You could even do like 20% for peanut butter and 50% for meat the way it's going. But I don't want to get too crazy with this. In this way, you're going to know what you have in hand. You're going to know what you've spent. And again, are you on budget? You're going to know how many items you need to complete your par or your value in numbers, quantity, that you're going to need to feed the people that are coming in. And you're going to have some kind of projection of cost. So you can look at that and go, oh, I just got my income tax back. I got 10000 to go to get up to where I want to be. I got 3000 back. I'm going to put it on the prep items, and this is where I'm going to put it. I'm going to take it back to the top of my list, and I'm going to work my way down, meeting all the par values for those people that are up on the top. And that gives you a guidance toward how you're going to use this inventory. The next item we're going to look at is the non-food items. And these are just as important because you need to know that you've got 18 shovels and know even if they have five of them at a buck a piece at the garage sale, well, maybe you don't need them today. Maybe you need rakes because you don't have any rakes. So it's very, very important to keep a track of your non-food items just like you do your food items. And again, I recommend Excel for a lot of reasons, but uh, you can use items you want. I'm going to, again, give you some item descriptors that will help you, I think, uh, have an inventory that's meaningful. You can add or subtract. And again, I'll put these up on the website so that you can go get them if you need them. As before, we start with item name. Um, what is the item? Number two is the date that you acquired it. Number three, the count. You won't have 55 shovels this way. Does this item need maintenance? Yes or no? Make that a yes, no column because it'll be easier to sort on. Next, and if this item needs maintenance, how often? Put in codes and let me give you an idea of the codes here, okay? One, W, weekly. Two, monthly, M. Three, quarterly, Q. Four, semi-annual, S. And five, annual, A. Next item. What was the condition when you purchased it? New or used? That's important. 
because that'll help you kind of sort. Well, I got a bunch of used shovels and I got four new ones. Okay. Four shovels. Anyway. Condition of the item. Excellent. Good. Fair. Poor. Well, I got 25 shovels, but five of them are pretty poor shape. Yeah, I guess I can afford a dollar a shovel at a garage sale. Okay. Keep this with you too when you go places. You just might have to look at it. Don't do it by memory. Where is this item kept? Where is it located on your property? It's in the shed. It's in the barn. It's in the basement. And the next item, a description. You might just describe the item so that you know what you're looking for or if it might be someone else, what they're looking for. Next, combine all your like items in a tote. Mark the tote with a, a number if you don't want to be uh, open. You know, you want the tote to say shovels and uh, don't do shovels. Do SH uh, for shovels or something like that. Or even be sneaky and let your designator suggest old clothes. You know, whatever you want to do. You can use a numbering, a lettering, or a label that is specific to a code that you make up. But make sure you label your totes where you throw everything. Stack the totes on shelves in some kind of order. Again, I recommend shelves as I have in the past because you take one thing off without pulling down the whole mess. So stack them in some kind of orderly way. Hang up items that are similar together. Maybe go and you develop a lot of hooks and you hang all those shovels together so that you know where they are. You must know where your materials are and your items are when you get done organizing because when a, a catastrophe happens, you won't think so clearly and you need to make sure that you least can come close to the items that you have. Conclusions. This is important. I think that if you follow these items in January and February, you will have answers to many questions. Most importantly, you will have the answer to how much is enough. You say, well, how do I have that answer? How do I know? One thing you're going to pray about the materials that you have stacked in. And if you have 55 shovels, you're going to know you have 55 shovels. And you're going to say, Lord, do I really need 55 shovels? No, you don't need 55 shovels. I want you to start on rakes and hoes and, and other garden implements. Do I need more beans? No, I've got enough cans of beans. Remember the Lord knows what you have done. He honors obedience. And if you do this part of the planning, when the time comes and you find yourself like the boy who the Lord fed the multitudes, he went off to that gathering of the Lord's people or the people who wanted to hear the Lord. And he brought him some fish and, and bread. And he thought, well, that's good enough. Little did he know he's going to do him, but that was his prep. And the Lord took his prep and he honored that. He honored that. And he provided some great, great miracles, right? You want to see the miracles, but you want to do your part to begin it. 
And if you don't have enough, okay, then you'll see miracles. So how much is enough? I don't know, and you don't know. So don't try to think you do. You don't know. You might go home and be with the Lord and not eat anything. Not because I believe in the pre-trib necessarily, but because the whole thing may not pan out the way that you think it will. And you need the Lord to guide you. That's the whole item, the whole philosophy, the whole meaning of this podcast is you're in the Lord's arms. You're in his love, okay? And if you do what you feel the Lord's calling you to do and you have an organized way of doing it, then he will show you great miracles in completing your effort. Don't miss those miracles. Don't try to get everything so Jesus doesn't have to do anything. Get as much as you can. Fulfill your list. Do what the Lord's called you to with your budget and go on for there. The Lord will lead you. He will lead you through the difficult times coming up. How will he lead you? Prayer, number one. Listening and seeing his direction through the Holy Spirit. Next, sharing with other Christian brothers and sisters, people who have like minds with you. Share that about what they're doing. And, and you don't have to be specifics on the, quote, numbers of cans of green beans you've got, but what you need to be is encouraged to hear the Lord. Maybe you pray together every day or every week or every month with a brother or a sister who helps pray. And, and just that act of praying helps you hear what the Lord is saying to you. That's the important thing. We need to hear that direction from the Lord for your family, for who you are, not for who my next door braver is or, or another guy on the web who's planning, but you need to hear what the Lord is saying to you. These are just some other things that might give you ideas, but I don't want you to do them just because they say to do them. I want you to take every one of these things and go to the Lord and ask him, okay? And those things are blogs, joining a prep email group, attending prep shows or conferences, using the internet to do your research is okay. But again, these are suggestions. They're not commandments. And you need to work everything you see out with the Lord. Does this fit me, Lord? Okay. Does this work for me or does it not work for me? And the Lord may say, you know what? That just doesn't fit you. You're 70 years old. You're 20 years old. And maybe that doesn't, and you don't have any family. That doesn't fit you. The Lord will help you organize your plan. And that brings us to the next point. This will help you. This approach will help you for planning, organizing, and the effort that goes into a quality preparation led by the Lord. Let the Lord lead you. Let him tell you what you need. Is there common sense? Yes, there's common sense. But common sense has to be 
guided by the Lord, or you might wind up again with either gaps or overlaps. The inventories will help you not duplicate. Now, I mentioned this, or not to have the gaps and the overlaps. In this way, you'll know what you got. When you see a good sale, my projection says I need this much more to meet my goal. I might add here that your goal may not be the bottom of that page that we started on who's coming. Right now, your goal may be 50% of the way down. I'm reaching my 50% people. They might make it, they might not. I will get to the others, but I just need to get this first 50% done. The Lord loves you, and he wants you to be organized. He wants you to have lists. He wants you to have guidance. And most of all, he wants you to hear his voice. And what does this do? It removes a lot of stress. If you understand that the Lord has made a promise to you to never leave you nor forsake you, it removes a lot of stress. You can get up in the morning and say, oh, God, I've, I've done this, this, and this. If something happens today, you'll have to help me with some miracles because I've done what I think you've asked me to do. If you want to see miracles, be obedient. If you want the Lord's help, ask him. Stop trying to do it on your own. He's there. He wants to help you. He, he's your father. He wants to guide you. Think about your own kids. How much do you want to guide them? Sometimes they don't listen, but, you know, <laughs> he wants to guide you anyway, just like you'd like to guide your kids. Keep them out of trouble. And he loves you much more than earthly fathers and children. Next month. Next month, we're going to carry on the theme of emotional support and emotional peace. And I want to discuss some aspects of emotional peace that walking with the Lord through life will allow you to experience as you develop for a difficult time. This shouldn't be a drag. It should not become the only thing you ever do in your life is prep. We're going to talk about that next month on the Mountaintop with Jesus podcast. And that will be March 1, 2022. This is your host, and thank you for listening this month. I hope this has been helpful. Please take anything I say to the Lord and ask him to make it real or point out that it's not useful to you. Thank you so much. Have a blessed day.